Turn in your Bibles to Matthew. I'd like to read the scripture, these scriptures in Matthew. Matthew chapter 19. We'll be reading the last part of chapter 19 and the first part of chapter 20. Matthew 19, beginning to read in verse 16. Matthew 19, 16. Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is God. In other words, are you calling me God? But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. Now I want you to notice verse 21. In in Mark's version, he adds the word, take up your cross. Take up your cross and follow me. But this is Jesus' answer to his question. His question was, how can I have eternal life? And Jesus said, keep the commandments. He said, I have. I have kept the commandments, but I still don't have eternal life. And then Jesus said this, verse 21. Go, sell what you have, and give to the poor. And like I said, the other gospel says, take up your cross, die to self, and come, follow me, follow Jesus. But this is his response. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful. For he had great possessions. I want us to think about that. He had great possessions and he kept all the commandments. Great possessions and he kept all the commandments. At least he thought he did. So obviously he kept a lot of commandments. All right, let's read on. Verse 23. In response to this, this occasion with the rich young ruler, Jesus turns to his disciples and teaches them. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And in our passage that we quoted here, it says, for those who trust God, 
in riches. He explains it further. Those who trust in riches, it's hard for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 25, when his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. In other words, anyone can be saved. Then Peter, verse 27, then Peter answered and said to him, See, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? I believe that was an honest question. So Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. There will be a reward for following Jesus. There will be a prominent place. God will exalt those who follow him. Verse 29, And everyone, everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold. A hundredfold in riches and relationships and inherit eternal life. He's still answering the rich young man's question. How shall I have eternal life? He says, everyone who has left things for my sake shall inherit a hundredfold in riches and eternal life. And then he has this fascinating verse, verse 30. But many who are first will be last. And the last First, where does that come from? Why did he say that? All right, now let's go into chapter 20 when he has this parable. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now he, when he had agreed with the laborers, for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And when he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? And then this next verse to me, is a very sad verse. Their answer to his question, why have you been standing here idle all day? And they said to him, because no one hired us. He said to them, 
And here's the good news of the gospel. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. And he said, and he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first, and the first last. For many are called, but few chosen. This is a story of two groups of people. The first group of people was distinguished as the laborers. I don't know why. I don't know why they were hired first. I don't know why they were distinguished as the laborers and had the privilege of being hired first, had the privilege of working all day. I don't know why they were advantaged. I don't know why they were given a fair wage and were blessed in that way. That's the first group. The second group is the one that said, we've been around all day and no one hired us. I don't know why no one hired them. I don't understand. It sounds like they were visible. It sounds like they were available. And it was puzzling to them too. Why has no one hired us? This morning, you see yourself in one of those groups. You see yourself predominantly in one of those groups. Some of us see ourselves represented in both groups or somewhere in between. You may have went to work for the kingdom early in life. You may have been called and responded early in life and went to work for God in the kingdom early in life. Or you may have been called in the third hour or the sixth hour or the ninth hour. 
But some of you may have been called in the 11th hour. And you see yourself in that group. In some ways, many of us, most of us have been both. There are lessons for us in this, regardless what our case, regardless how we see ourselves. So let's talk about group one. Well, let's talk about maybe some ideas why they were hired first. Maybe they were the popular ones. Maybe they were the pushy ones. Maybe they were the bullies who always had to be first, who always had to be seen, who always had to be noticed. But maybe they were just well taught. They were taught well on where to be at what time and they lived well. They made good choices. Maybe they were the good guys. I'm not sure why they were the ones hired first. But they were visible and they were distinguished as the laborers. Those who you go to hire. Those who you want to hire. I'm going to call this the rich group. They were rich. And because Jesus gave this parable right after this encounter with the rich young ruler, I don't believe that when Jesus says he had great possessions, that wasn't his only richness. Some of his richness was being well taught. He was taught to keep the commandments. And he kept the commandments. And that made him rich. That made him rich. Let's think about some riches. There's money. All of us are rich when it comes to money. We have more than most of the world does. We are rich with opportunity. We've been blessed with opportunity to come and go and experience this and experience that. Whatever we put our minds to, we can pretty much attain. We are rich with education. We've been taught well. We are talented. We have a lot of know-how. And if we don't know how, we know where to go. We know who to ask. We are rich with knowledge. We have a rich heritage. We have a rich spiritual heritage. Many of us, most of us have rich um, family heritage. A spiritual heritage and of knowledge. We have a rich culture. And we have multiple cultures represented here. And we have a rich culture. There's, there's riches that we experience in how we do things. We are Americans after all. We have a rich culture. We are rich in family relationships. So rich. We have good reputations. We have good social status. We are rich in those things. We are rich with friendships. That's most of us, to some extent. But I also know that 
most of us, to some extent, see ourselves in group two. We've been bullied. We've been misjudged as uninterested or unavailable or inadequate. We see ourselves as disadvantaged, unseen. Maybe we've made poor choices. But we see ourselves as coming in last instead of coming in first. And if you see yourself that way this morning, this gospel message is for you. If you see yourself as the disadvantaged, where you often feel like you are behind, those of your age group are ahead of you. You feel like you're the last one on the bandwagon. You're last, the last one to find out what's going on. You feel like you've been left out like nobody has told you what you need to know. Everyone else is ahead of you. Everyone else knows what's going on. Everyone else knows more about life and what you need to know in life than you do. And you feel like you are only now learning. And you see a young person who has learned as an adolescent or in their teens the things that you are only now struggling with in your 30s or 40s or 80s and you feel behind. You feel like you're coming in last. You have a tendency to feel disadvantaged. If you see yourself in this second group, the gospel is for you. The gospel is for you too. There is work for everyone. There are reasons you were not called and hired earlier in the day of your life. Maybe you refused to believe the call to go work because you saw yourself as not a laborer, not adequate. You saw yourself in the in the, in the second group, and therefore when the call was given for laborers, you didn't step forward and in faith follow the call. But the call is for everyone. Many are called, but few are chosen. Everyone is called to work in the kingdom. Everyone is called for salvation, but few believe it. The scripture was read, who has believed our report? Who has believed? Few are chosen. Those who believe and respond are the chosen ones. Many are called, but few really believe it. There is plenty of work in the kingdom for everyone. It doesn't matter where you hired early in life, were you hired in the third hour? Were you hired in the sixth or the ninth or the eleventh hour? None of us deserve to be included. We're all the same. 
And if you're an 11th hour Christian, if you're an 11th hour laborer, God loves to redeem. He loves to reward you first. You will be the first to be rewarded. And your reward in many ways will be just as great as those who responded early in life. God loves to take the unlikely candidates and make us great. We need to believe his call is for ourselves and see ourselves as candidates. Now, if you are in group one, this message is for you too. There is a leveling that happens at the cross. The gospel is for the rich too. And I believe when Jesus says, with men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible, I believe he's saying, it's equally impossible with men to be saved from group one as group two. But with God, it is possible for those from group one to be saved as well as from group two. With God using us imperfect people to work in his kingdom, to labor in his vineyard, is as unlikely for those of us from group one as those of us from group two but it is possible with God. That's the good news of the gospel. It is for everyone. Everyone. There is a leveling at the cross. It's been called the upside-down kingdom. Those who are first in this life may come in last in the next and those who were unnoticed in this life will come in first, in the next. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low. We're all the same. We're equally undeserving. Our blessings come to us, our riches come to us at different times, in different amounts, in different ways, but we are equally undeserving. And he pays us all. We will all be rewarded. James says, let the poor rejoice in that he is exalted. And let the rich rejoice in that he is brought low. There's a leveling. All the same. In God's eyes, all the same. So, if, you were, see, if you're in the first group, and you are one of the rich. If you've been working for the kingdom and have, the rich, have had the rich experience of working in the kingdom all your life, this question that Jesus asked, is your eye evil because I am good? We, this, is, this question is for us. Because the truth is, Regardless when we're called, if we have chosen to follow Jesus, 
we will become rich. We had it in our, in our passage. It says, if you have left houses, if you are rich and you have left these things, you will receive a hundredfold and you'll become more rich. And so to the rich, then we need to ask this question. Do we appreciate what God has done? Do we appreciate his generosity? See, many of us were like the rich young ruler. We've been taught well. And we've chosen to work, to be laborers in his vineyard. But we may have never died to self. We may have never really taken up our cross and followed Jesus. And so it affects when we've, if we've never humbled ourselves and, and we're the laborers. And we've got this coming. We've earned it. We've borne the, the, the burden and the heat of the day. We've worked all our lives for God. And here's this jerk over here who doesn't deserve it. And he's getting the same wage that I am. He's being rewarded. More than I, just as much as I am. And we've, we've never got the message of God's generosity. We become begrudging that God is generous. We become stingy. We become envious and jealous at God's generosity. Is your eye evil because I am good? Are you not generous because I am, Jesus asked. I've been generous to you. Why are you not with others? Envious because I am je generous. Jealous because I am kind. Why should you begrudge my generosity? What is in our heart is revealed by our response to 11th hour laborers. We have been made rich. We were all poor. We have been made rich. Some of us have been made rich early in our life. Some of us have been made rich with God's riches later in life. And so now we've all been made rich, so we all need to be careful about this. We all need to check ourselves. We have been made rich. Will we now trust in our riches or in the one who has made us rich?
Riches don't need to be a disadvantage, but riches need to be surrendered. That rich young ruler who came to Jesus went away sad at that point because he was not willing to surrender his riches at that point. I kind of think in the back of my mind that later he changed his mind. But at that point, he wasn't ready. He wasn't willing. Riches don't need to be a disadvantage, but they need to be given up. In fact, if we surrender our riches to God, he will give more riches. That's what the scripture says. You give up houses, land, you're willing to leave father, mother, uh, son, or daughter. He's just going to bless you with more riches to be surrendered back to him rather than lording it and gloating over those who, who haven't, but to surrender it back to him in unworthy gratitude. But riches will hinder if they are not surrendered. That list of riches that I said you have, we have. Family relationships, culture, good teaching, good choices, having made good choices in life. That list of riches, if not surrendered, will hinder us and can keep us out of the kingdom. I love Paul's testimony. He's, he, he made a list he was a Jew. He kept the law. He had this advantage, and he had that advantage. He was rich. But he said, all these things I count as nothing. In fact, he said, I count it as dung that I may win Christ. Well, dung, you know what that's for. That's for fertilizer. So it's not worthless. Riches, all those riches that we've been given... It feels like a waste to just surrender it to God. But it says it's like dumb. It's fertilizer to, to gain infinite more riches. Why would we not surrender everything God has given us? Because it's like fertilizer to make infinitely more, greater riches grow. But Paul said, all those advantages, all those advantages I've had, I let it go. I count it as nothing that I may win Christ. So he could deny himself, take up his cross, and follow Jesus to become like Jesus. There's also this uh, scripture. I'll put it up here. Paul wrote this to Timothy. I love it. 1 Timothy 6.17, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. And again, looking at riches not just as monetary value, but there are so many riches that we tend to trust in. Spiritual riches, family relationship riches, Cultural, uh, cultural riches, uh, social status riches, friendship riches, so many riches that we tend to trust in, but they're uncertain. They can, God can 
can take them away just like that. We can lose them just like that. They're uncertain riches. Even our good choices, they're uncertain riches. But we trust in the living God, the eternal God who will never die, who lives forever. That's who we trust in. And uh, uh, obviously wants us to enjoy the riches he gives us and surrender it back to him. Which group do you see yourself in? Do you see yourself in the tangled strands group? The every failure, each mistake that we sang about this morning. Do you see yourself in the second group? The, the one who says, nobody hired us. And we don't know all the, we, sometimes we don't know why nobody hired us. We don't know, is it the recruiter's fault or is it our own fault? Often there is fault on both sides. Do you see yourself as always coming in last? Do you see yourself as being disadvantaged? The gospel is for you. Do you know how rich you are? Are you willing to surrender your riches to God? Just a little bit of a summary here. If you are rich, if you're in that first group, hired, started working in the kingdom early in life, humble yourself and surrender your all, all your riches. Surrender your all to the call of following Jesus, taking up your cross and following Jesus giving it all to him, and representing God's generosity to all. Representing God's generosity to, do, to those who have not yet started in the work of the kingdom. Where, uh, representing God's generosity to the 11th hour losers who are working alongside you in the kingdom, representing God's generosity, knowing that you don't deserve the riches you've been given. Or if you are disadvantaged, you see yourself as disadvantaged, you see yourself as coming in last, believe the gospel is for you. And again, you need to surrender your all to the call too. The call of working in the kingdom, being willing to step forward even though you see yourself as inadequate, even though you see yourself as coming in last, you see yourself as not adequate, you see yourself as unworthy, and that nobody would want to hire you, and so you are not making yourself available to the work of the kingdom. Believe the gospel is for you. Take up your cross. Deny yourself. Let go of those lies that you've been hanging on to as your identity in coming in last. Let go of that and step forward and believe the truth of the gospel. There is plenty of work for everyone. The question, that haunting question, why have you stood here all day idle is for all of us. None of us should be idle. Everyone is called to the work of the kingdom. 
Everyone is called to the reward of the work of the kingdom. God will give you true riches. True riches. To then surrender to Him. We are all undeserving and need to represent God's goodness to others. Let's bow our heads.